0: Truth is heavy, so few men can carry it. Jewish
1: Proverb. You're listening to the Think Twice TV podcast. Hear true life stories, catch good vibes, and be inspired by engaging messages. On this show, we'll think twice about life, faith, and just what could be possible when the two are united. Broadcasting from the beautiful Great Lakes state of Pure Michigan, here's your host, Dan Henderson.
0: Hello, thank you for listening. Today's episode is entitled The Jewish Jesus, and we will hear from Jewish men and women who somehow some way discovered that the Jesus of the Bible was not anything like his reputation. Sadly, to some of the Jewish community, Jesus is referred to begrudgingly as that man, essentially a heretic, fanatic, or at worst a religious terrorist. However, when we look closely at the words of Jesus from the New Testament, we see that Jesus, in Hebrew named Yeshua, is not only a man of peace, but a very observant Jew who was zealous for the God of Abraham and ultimately much more than that. Our first two stories today are from an Israel-based ministry called One for Israel. You can find more stories, resources, and evidence for their faith in Jesus at their site. OneForIsrael.org One for Israel is a grassroots ministry initiative of native-born Israelis proclaiming salvation to Israel and raising up spiritual leaders. They founded the Israel College of the Bible and are equipping believers with the tools they need to transform our communities. Let's get right into our first story now.
2: Here's what you need to do. You've got to first shave your head. You dress all in black. You've got to wear a white robe eat only kosher foods. You've got to become a vegetarian, you face Jerusalem, you've got to face India when you pray, you pray only in Hebrew, and you grow a nice big beer. And if you do all of those outward cultural things, you'll discover the God of the universe. And I'm thinking this is crazy that someone thinks that they can force their culture on God, and that God's going to be impressed by what you wear, what direction you face when you pray, what you eat, and all these sorts of things. It seemed to me that if there was a God out there who could be known, he should be able to be recognized no matter where I face, no matter how I'm dressed, because he's God. Growing up, we always understood that we had our Bible and the Gentiles had their Bible in the New Testament, and that they were two completely separate books. Because the only people I knew who were believers in Jesus were all people in our public school who were Italian Catholic, I imagined that Jesus was Italian. And so the understanding that he's actually Jewish was was a shock. And then to hear that the New Testament was written by Jews, I I couldn't believe it. My expectation was that the New Testament was like my grandparents had told me. It was a, a book on how to persecute the Jews and it's something you should stay away from. Of course, when you're told you should stay away from something, (laughs) curiosity gets the best of you, and you've got to see it. When I opened the New Testament, I was expecting to find a handbook on how to persecute the Jews. My grandparents had warned me that it was written by people who killed the Jews. That's what I was expecting to see, and yet when I'm opening it, I'm reading a story written by Jews about Jewish people. The New Testament was a fascinating book. And so as I opened this book in the library, I kind of looked around, made sure that none of my friends had seen me taking a Christian Bible off the shelf. And I opened it, here's the first sentence. It says, this is the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So three people are mentioned and they're all Jewish. I was very shocked. And as I continued to read, I'm reading the story of a Jewish man who was born in a Jewish village in a Jewish country and one day walks into a synagogue and announces that he is the Messiah. The more I read the words of Jesus, the more I became attracted to him. It was as beautiful as anything I had ever read in any other part of the Bible. As I came to faith that Yeshua, that Jesus was the Messiah, it was clear that That was the most Jewish thing I could do. This is not a person who's a renegade to our people. This is the one who was promised in our Bible, the 53rd chapter of Isaiah. It is astonishing. If you would just read that chapter just without the Bible being around it, you would say, oh, this is some Christian Bible. This is Jesus. (laughs) When you realize, though, that it's in the middle of our Bible, our Jewish Bible, When I first came to faith, I dared not tell my father uh, because this is a time period in the the 1970s when there were lots of gurus and cults, and he was very concerned about me getting involved in some crazy sect and going off someplace. So I waited for months, and uh, when I finally told him, he was very skeptical. On his own then, he started to read about Jesus as well. About a year and a half later, I told him that the fellow who wrote one of the books that he had read, that this fellow was giving a lecture in the city of New York. And he agreed to come out to hear that person. And uh, one of the most amazing moments of my life was the speaker said, would everyone here who is a Jewish believer in Jesus, would you raise your hand? And I raised my hand. My father also raised his hand. And I said, I looked over and I said, Pop, he didn't say would all the Jews raise their hand? He said, would all the Jewish believers in Jesus raise their hand? And my father looked over and he said, yes, I, I heard what he said. The decision to come to faith in Jesus as the Messiah was not something that was a momentary lark. It wasn't something that was a passing fad. And I could see changes in myself that I knew were not from within myself. I had kind of tapped in to a truth for our Jewish people that was very powerful.
1: You're listening to the Think Twice TV podcast. Come see us at thinktwicetv.com
3: I want to tell you a story. God created people because he loves stories. I'll tell you my story. My name is Stuart and I'm I'm a New York Jew. I'm proud to say I'm born in Flatbush, which next to being born in Israel is the second best thing. I grew up at the intersection of the Christian and Jewish worlds because my father was from a very orthodox family. My mother was uh, the sixth child in a Sicilian family. And his family was just plain thrilled, as you can well imagine. Even though my mother converted to Judaism, she was always considered to be second best. So uh, I grew up in the midst of this dissonance between the Christian and Jewish worlds. And my whole religious mentality at that time was, when we all drop dead, we'll find out who was right. My first career was in music, and I went to a place called Manhattan School of Music. And one day, a friend of mine invited me to a discussion group. She said, "Uh, look, it's about the New Testament. I know you're Jewish, but you you might have some interesting opinions. (laughs) When I cracked open the New Testament, uh, uh, I kept on bumping at the Passover, which was rather surprising. I did not expect to find anything Jewish in this book, but I did. I assumed that it was one of those books that I saw nuns reading on the subway, something written in Latin. Uh, it was none of those things, but besides its native Jewishness, I remember reading when Yeshua said that it's, uh, it's not what goes into a man that defiles him, it's what comes out of a man's heart that defiles him, because out of the heart come fornication, thefts, murder, wickedness, etc., etc. These come from uh, within, and they defile a man, and I remember when I read that, it made so much sense to me. That the problem of evil in the world is not out there in the air, in the ozone, in the system. The problem of evil comes from the heart of man. Eventually, in the course of my reading this book, Yeshua said this, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And that blew me away. And it was extraordinary to me that Yeshua's words directly addressed my own felt need. When you pop open the scriptures, you pop open our Torah, the Tanakh, the Jewish Bible, on every page you find people who are interacting with God in the context of a living relationship. What do I mean when I talk about having a relationship with God and relationship with God through Yeshua? What, what is this relationship stuff? And I've got to use a word that many people don't like to use, and that word is experience. That's what I mean by relationship. It's. It's it's an experiential linkage with the living God. So I would ask people, where is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Where is the God to whom the patriarchs and the matriarchs talked who had this this two-way relationship? And are you interested in pursuing the possibility of this two-way relationship being a reality in your life? In my experience and the experience of many people I know, to our astonishment, When we uh, encountered Yeshua of Nazareth and began to think of him in a different way than we had been brought up to think of him, we all of us discovered that this uh, two-way relationship uh, came alive. Yeshua said of himself something. He said, I am the door. Now, many people treat Yeshua like he's the exit from Jewish life. I think that's wrong. He is the door for me. Into a more passionate engagement with Jewish life and also a total passionate engagement with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Don't imagine that people like me, who come to believe in Yeshua, that somebody gave us some kind of a fancy-dancy uh, presentation and explanation and we signed on the dotted line because we were gullible and we were easy to persuade. That's not the way it goes. What's missing from that scenario is the element of encounter. Moses had his burning bush. Abraham had God saying, "Leave, leave the land of your birth and go to the land I will show you. These great patriarchs and matriarchs of Israel had experiences with God, sometimes spaced apart by many years, but they kept on following God because they could not deny their experience. Each of us in the context of our own lives has encountered God in a way that we didn't encounter Him before, in a way that we cannot ignore without denying ourselves. I'm talking about transformational experiences that move our lives forward. I'm not telling you to make my experience your experience. I'm telling you that God will give you experiences of Himself that are sufficient for your belief. I I can't really explain it to you in a way that your experience can. But if you can come to the point where you can say, what if it is true, then just maybe you will taste and see. But when the most remarkable person who ever lived says, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly, then you got to take a second look. I did. And I'm finding that that life is more abundant. It's life with a capital L. And uh, it's very different from life without him. Trust me. Better yet, trust him. Don't trust me. Taste and see.
4: Share the experience of our incredible true life stories at thinktwicetv.com forward slash our stories. grew up in a Jewish home. Everything in my world was Jewish and as a Jewish person I learned two things. One, of course I'm Jewish and two, Jews don't believe in Jesus. I learned that probably when I was nine or ten my best friend uh, went to a Protestant church and I was pretty much allowed to do whatever that family was doing and I'm, I came home one day and, and spoke with my mom and uh, I remember her saying to me, oh no, We don't believe in that. And so that was enough for me. Music was the most important thing to me, really, from when I can remember. I mean, at three, I sang at my first bar mitzvah. At five, I had my first record player. At seven, the first piano lesson. By the time I was in junior high and then high school, I guess I'd won a couple of music awards, and then I went on to music college. And it was in the last year of high school and the years that followed that I really began a spiritual search outside of Judaism. And I, I looked into everything Baha'i, transcendental meditation, yoga, uh, self-experience auditing. Well, if it had anything to do really with the new age movement, I'd probably heard about it, seen it or done it. But you know, a lot of those things teach you that you are God. In your universe, and you can create it all. So go ahead. In uh, 1990, I was actually living in Dallas, Texas, hoping to have a career in country music. I had this opportunity to sing a promotional song for uh, the town of Valley Mills, Texas. And I was out there, it was uh, for the 4th of July, and I was out there on the 3rd of July, the evening before. And I began to have the worst anxiety attack of my life. I was no stranger to stage fright, but this fear was so bad that at one point, uh, literally dying seemed like a relief. But uh, I sang everything I had to sing on the 4th of July, and it was a big sigh of relief, and I got through it. Everything seemed fine. Until uh, a few weeks later, when I was actually... um, getting ready to uh, Be entered into a Big big country music competition. I got a call on a, a Saturday night for a Tuesday night semi-final And what happened to me on the Sunday afternoon in between surprised me so much so that you know Even to this very day. I have only two things to attribute it to one of course is God's perfect timing the other was the faithful sharing of, of all the Christians that were around me. I, some would uh, you know, try to invite me to church, to Bible study. At some point, somebody kind of got in my face even and said, well, all you have to do is ask Jesus into your heart. I'm thinking, I'm Jewish. <laughs> we don't ask Jesus into our heart. Well, I was about to find out quite differently. That Saturday night, I got the call, Sunday afternoon, I was driving back into Dallas with that competition just a couple days away, and I was at a red light and stopped at that light, I just began to feel that anxiety just starting to well up in me, and that was it. And at the steering wheel of that van, I cried out to God and I said, dear God, I cannot go into another performance like this again, I said, I need a transformation now and then off my lips, really to my own surprise, came the words, please let the Spirit of Christ fill my heart. And at that second, I was drenched in the most incredible peace. I never thought I would feel fear again. And for three days, I had the most incredible encounter with God. On the third day, Well, that night was the the competition, and all day long, uh, there was a battle going on. Part of the time, I could feel that presence of God as I had felt it in that last day or so. Part of the time, that anxiety, back, full blown. So now it's anxiety, peace, anxiety, peace. I'm getting exhausted from the whole thing. And finally, I'm in the bathroom and I kind of like to joke with people sometimes and go, this is proof God's everywhere. I'm standing in the bathroom. I finally, I'm looking up and, and just saying, dear God, please just, just kill off this other thing. I can't stand it. I mean in a split second, just like that, I knew that I knew that I knew that I was standing in the direct presence of the one true living God. And at that second, he showed me my, disloyalty he showed me that I would do anything I would say anything and I would promise anything to get what I needed and the second I didn't think I needed it anymore I would just forget where it came from right after that there were no visions no voices it was just this huge opportunity it like filled the room to take a vow to be true to Christ and I took that vow By the way, I learned Christ is not his last name, means Messiah in, in Greek, but I took that vow and I tell you everything began to change, everything, like I was given a brain transplant. My thoughts began to change, not because I was affecting that, but because God was affecting that in me. And then I realized what that music was for over time. That music became an opportunity to sing of his goodness, to sing of all the amazing things he has done. He changed my life. He gave me life. I had no idea how separated I was from God. But through Yeshua, Jesus, that's his Hebrew name, through him, I've been restored. And it's a Jewish thing to have a blood sacrifice. Just check out the book of Leviticus and God talking to Moses, and you'll see it, Leviticus 17, 11. Foreign in our culture today, but every Jew needs that blood sacrifice. Jesus did it once and for all, and he gives life, and he's given me life. And the music is now all for him. knew nothing about the Bible, but I began to feel more Jewish after coming to faith in Jesus. And then as I began to study scripture, both Tanakh, you know, the the Jewish scriptures and the New Testament, which which I also learned is a very Jewish book written by all Jewish people, maybe not Luke. But uh, I, I learned that believing in Jesus is the most Jewish thing a Jew could ever do. And he is for every Jew. And for every Gentile who will turn to him. And he's waiting for you with open arms. He's got a plan for your life and he loves you so much. Turn to him today. My name is Susan, and this is my story of how the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob reached out and saved this Jew through the Jewish Messiah, Jesus, Yeshua. For the life of a creature, is in the blood and i have given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar it is the blood that makes atonement for one's life leviticus 17:11. life hope and truth for generation now this is hashtag gospel relevant inspiring and straight to the point the gospel and what it means for us
5: Imagine you're on an airplane. You're surrounded by all kinds of people that you didn't choose to be around. This is a snapshot of what it's like to be a member of society, being around people who are different than you. It's really important to God that we learn how to do this, so he gave us some guidelines. First, he says that we need to obey authority. Whether we like it or not, having authority figures in our lives is unavoidable. But the Bible is not saying we should obey authority if it contradicts the word of God. That's where the line gets drawn. God is our ultimate authority. Next, God says to stay pure. It's really easy to compromise on your values when everyone around you is. Sin clouds our judgment. Given enough time and repetition, we become desensitized to it. We end up thinking that what we're doing isn't so bad. And ultimately, staying pure isn't about bad or good. It's about trusting that he knows what is best for us. Above all else, we're to love God and our neighbors. This is precisely why we can't ostracize ourselves from people who don't have the same values. How will they ever know the love of God if we don't show them? Don't seek to escape society. Instead, keep these three principles in mind. Learn to coexist with and share the love of Christ with people who don't see things like you.
4: This is Hashtag Gospel. View each message as an amazing animated video at hashtaggospel.com. Follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at hashtag gospel. It's time for a bottle of Bill's Wisdom, a short, single-serving message of wisdom from our friend, Pastor Bill Leach.
6: Heard about a man was walking along San Francisco's Golden Gate Bridge one day when he saw a woman standing by herself, obviously feeling lonely. He ran up to her to tell her God loved her. A tear came to her eye. Then he asked her, are you a Christian, Jew, Hindu? What? I'm a Christian, she said. He said, me too, small world. Protestant or Catholic? Protestant. Me too, what denomination? Baptist, Me too! Northern Baptist or Southern Baptist? Northern Baptist, she said. He said, Me too! Northern conservative Baptist or Northern Liberal Baptist? Northern conservative Baptist, that's amazing! Me too! Northern conservative fundamentalist Baptist or Northern conservative reform Baptist? Northern conservative fundamentalist Baptist. Remarkable, me too! Northern conservative fundamentalist Baptist great Lakes region or northern conservative fundamentalist Baptist Eastern region northern conservative fundamentalist Baptist great lake region a miracle he said northern conservative fundamentalist Baptist Great Lakes region council of 1879 or northern conservative fundamentalist Baptist Great Lake region council of 1912 She said, Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist Great Lakes Region Council of 1912. He shouted, die, heretic, and pushed her off the edge. (laughs) A refuge mentality may be one cause explaining why so many North American leaders have adopted a social and political agenda that in some cases seems to have replaced personal evangelism. The cause seems to aim at securing Christian values and the culture as the first order of business and introducing people to God as secondary. I don't misunderstand. We are salt and light. Proverbs says when... When the righteous govern, when the righteous are in power, people rejoice. It's good for righteous people to be in authority because they make godly decisions and wise decisions and, and they have a sense of humility. Hopefully they have a sense of humility and, and, uh, and, 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 and so... You know, I'm not knocking that. Part of working for the shalom of our city is to fit into every realm of society, and we need Christians in politics, and we need to be involved in understanding issues and and voting the way we think God wants us to. But our primary responsibility is to help people begin and develop a relationship with Jesus. And he's the one who's going to change them on the inside so that they will begin to live right. It's not enough for us to simply say we need to be in the world, but not of the world. The Pharisees were in the world, but not of it. And they hated the world. They looked down on it. We are counterculture, but it is for the common good. It's for the shalom. It's for the peace. It's for the full flourishing. We are aliens, but we are unalienated aliens. We are in common parlance. We are missionaries we engage our culture to transform it we believe that god is for people and he is actively at work in our world we believe that god is on a mission himself redeeming people to himself and we are partnering with him in his redemptive mission
0: i want to express our love and friendship to those of the jewish faith we've not intended to offend or discriminate in any way In fact, we admire the community and beauty of the Jewish faith. We would only like to see each Jewish believer to arrive at the culmination of their faith through the Messiah. The book of Isaiah chapter 53 was written several hundred years before Yahshua was born, as proven from the Dead Sea Scrolls. This chapter has even been forbidden Uh, by several rabbis and Jewish communities uh, from the people being allowed to read it. They say it may become confusing for them or that they may not be able to understand. But I ask you this, if God truly is God, in the book of Proverbs it says, acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your paths. Forbidding someone to read a certain scripture because they can't understand, it seems like man's wisdom. If the chapters in his Bible, in his wisdom, will be able to guide you. So I would encourage someone to take a look at Isaiah 53, see what that means to you. As the ancient prophet Jeremiah said in the Torah, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Our next episode is entitled Mended Hearts, Life After Abortion. We hear encouraging stories of God's grace and healing. See you next time.
1: Thank you for listening to the Think Twice TV podcast. Come see us at thinktwicetv.com. Find original videos, true life stories, and content to help you grow your faith at thinktwicetv.com. This project is sponsored by Media Messengers Evangelistic Association, revealing the love and power of God through media, MediaMessengers.org. If you like the show, follow us on social media. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at M Messengers, on Instagram, at Media Messengers or subscribe to our growing YouTube channel at youtube.com/slash Media Messengers. And please, please help us reach more people by sharing this podcast. Lastly, check the show notes for links and resources. God bless.